if you feel out of alignment or you have some sort of dis-ease in your body or illness, it's because of an imbalance. And in my world, all imbalances start between your two ears. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Welcome friends to the Found Podcast. This time of year is always so, I don't even have a word for it, but we're also like tuned into this feeling of like gratitude after spending time with family and friends for the holidays. We're tuned into like reflection while we think about how the past year has gone. And then we look ahead and we get really hopeful and optimistic and set these goals and where we want to focus our attention as we enter a new calendar year. Today's conversation is with my friend Erin McGuire of Pure Light Healing. And Erin is a coach and energy healer. So I just feel like today's conversation is so timely for where we find ourselves. Because with Erin's work, what she does is she helps people who are ready to be free from what has maybe held them back in the past and allow them to really live full lives as they truly are. So for any woman out there who's listening and has been feeling stuck or like she's running into barriers or hitting glass ceilings, whether in business or life, and she really desires like more joy and confidence and pleasure, Erin's work with nervous system healing and really digging into your energy that you carry, whether it's conscious or subconscious, like today's conversation is just so enlightening. And I feel like a lot of our listeners, and selfishly, I just loved the conversation, but a lot of our listeners today are just going to love it. So I'm going to cut my intro a little bit short because it's just full of so much goodness in the interview today with Erin McGuire of Pure Light Healing. Erin, I like I can feel the energy in my body. I'm like so excited to talk to you today. And then as I said, when we got on the call, like the listeners are along for a ride, like selfishly, I'm just here to learn from you. I'm so pumped. (laughs) Thank you so much, Molly. Thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. I feel excited to be here. Oh, this is going to be wonderful. Erin and I crossed paths a little earlier this year through an organization, Empower Her. I think I'd followed you and known of your name before that, but that was the first time that I was like in a room with you and like, experienced what you bring to your clients and students. And I was like, I need to bring her here. So Erin, why don't I turn it over to you and you can introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you help people. 
Thank you, Molly. Uh, yeah, my journey has been, it started with yoga many, many, many years ago. 2010 was when I got certified in yoga. So that was kind of my foundation. And then I met my energy healing teacher in my yoga teacher training, and she introduced me to the energy work that I do. And um, then I became a Reiki master, then a Reiki master teacher, and added life coaching in there along the way. So I've been going at this for a long time, and it's evolved. And where I'm at right now feels like I've arrived (laughs) in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm really into helping people heal trauma. And I think I've always been doing that, but I just never owned it. As a business owner, you know, it's like, that doesn't sound very cool and exciting, (laughs) which is a weird thing to say, but um, it's just how I've felt. But that's really what I've been doing this whole time is really helping people heal trauma. And most recently, really learning about the nervous system and then incorporating that into my work has been really phenomenal for my own personal journey and uh, helping other people. It's just been phenomenal. So yeah, I'm a coach to shorten it. I'm a coach and energy healer and I help free people. This just came to me today. I free people to be who they really are because trauma makes you live out of survival. It makes you live not obviously who your true self is. And so yeah, that one just came through today. Oh, that feels really powerful, Erin. I love that. And I think so many people at the time of this recording in the fall of 2022, I feel like we're really in a time where a lot of the conversations I'm having with females, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, like everybody's feeling this energy collectively about like wanting to like be in their purpose. Maybe they want to make a shift out of things they've been doing and they want to pursue this idea or this sense of freedom. And so I feel like this, this new direction, or it's not a new direction, but a new way of sharing your direction is going to hit home with so many people. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other thing I'll have to share at another time. But what led me to that uh, conclusion was this little process that I went through in a class that I'm in for me personally. And yeah, so that's what came through from that. So it was just very powerful, very like tears and like, wow. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. Uh. I think when you're, you know, I don't know if any of your listeners are in like the healing arts world as business owners, it's very, very hard to communicate that, you know, because I've helped people lose weight. I've helped people do a lot of different things, make more money, you know, whatever, whatever, lots of different things because energy work, you know, can, it helps in different ways, but I've never felt like I could really tap into explaining what I do. Like I'm an energy healer. Okay. What does that mean? (laughs) So, and it can be abstract, but having vocabulary around it just helps with that communication so that other people can get, like, they can understand what tangibly that means. Ooh, this is going to be so good. Um, Okay. So you said you started with yoga and then that led to some energy work, life coaching. So let's go back to the beginning when you started with your practice of yoga and eventually becoming a yoga teacher. What was it that kind of drew you into these energetic lines of work and experience? Did you always know that you were tuned into some of this stuff or was it a process of finding that along the way? That's a good question. Uh, I don't, 
I can't say that I've always known, you know, that I was tuned into this kind of stuff. I, looking back, I would say, yes, I was always tuned in, you know, and a very sensitive child. So I do work a lot with highly sensitive women in particular and helping them sort out life. (laughs) But um, I would say that, you know, the way I would describe it is I, I was really messed up. (laughs) I was, I had a lot of anxiety, um, but I didn't know that that was a thing. Like I was so, (laughs) I look back and I was like, how did I never get therapy? I didn't have a lot of resources, you know, that's just not in my family. That's just not what you did. And that was back, you know, back in the, I grew up in the eighties. So I was like, graduated in the nineties. So by the two thousands, you know, the early two thousands people, therapy when that kind of stuff was not super popular. And I just had all these issues and I found yoga at a time I read eat, pray, love the book. And she was talking about meditation and she was like, she was in India and I just, all that stood out to me. I mean, the book was amazing, but what stood out to me was she said she was meditating. I didn't know what that was at the time. And all these mosquitoes were biting her. And she's like, just breathe and just be in the meditation. And I remember thinking, how in the world are you able to just sit through that and not, you know, get up and freak out and run inside? Yeah. So I was so curious to learn about that. And that's what led me to a yoga studio that I was living nearby and had no idea when I was living in Los Angeles. And that that was back in 2007. And that's when I really started on my journey. And it's, yeah, it was been kind of a trip ever since. And, and it started awakening to more of my inner sensitivity and how I had kind of been masking that through, you know, alcohol and all kinds of different things to numb all of that stuff down for myself. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful answer to the question, Erin. This podcast, like it's all about finding ourselves and whether that's through business or through practices that we've adopted. But I really do feel that like, to your point, like we are so conditioned as we like go through life, particularly those of us from like eighties and nineties, like there's a lot of societal conditioning that took place. Like this was okay. This was not. And it maybe wasn't explicitly stated that way, but it was things that we have adopted. And now I find that women who are like late twenties, 40, I'm sure that there's a generational term for that, but anyway, like, <laughs> but I feel like we're in this process of deconstructing some of those barriers that we've put up. And we're a lot of women I'm talking to are on this discovery journey too. And sometimes it's through yoga. Sometimes it's through sobriety. Sometimes it's through starting a business and then finding out that, oh my gosh, I'm talented in all these ways I didn't know or motherhood or whatever it is. But finding ourselves looks different for every single person. And I think your journey is just a testament to that. Totally. Yeah. I I call, I always say yoga was my gateway drug. (laughs) It opened (laughs) my world to all these other things that I had no idea. It was like I had found like this makes sense. Nothing else made sense, but that made sense to me. I was just like, why did I go to college for four years? Cause I didn't care about any of that. I just wanted more and more information. It was like, I had found my, yeah, my hot button. 
Ooh, I love that. So in that time, you practice yoga, you became a yoga instructor. You said you then went into Reiki, life coaching. And I know that your business kind of evolved along the way with that too. So can you tell me a little bit about like, how did you know when it was time to pursue some of these new interests? And then what were some of the ways that you started incorporating that into how you helped others and beyond like using it for your self-expression, but also seeing that other people could benefit from this too? I love that question. I always say I never in a million years, if you would have told me this is what I'd be doing with my life, I would have laughed at you and said, you're insane. And no way would, I just was so against all this stuff. It's really funny. Like, it's really funny to think back. Um, I wouldn't say against, but I was just like, not open to it, not open to it. And I mean, I remember taking a yoga class in college and I was like, that was stupid, but I (laughs) I didn't, I needed some credit or something, which is why I ended up in that. So I never in a million years intended on doing this, but it was really through how I saw it start to change my life. So in my 200 hour yoga teacher training program, I met my teacher, her name is Laurel Satori, and she introduced me to a type of energy work called theta healing. And theta is a, just a brainwave. You know, we've probably heard of a theta brainwave. But from there, you change. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit, you have to be kind of open to, it's not scientifically proven. You know, there's nothing that can say, yes, this is how we do this. It's really all done. It's energy. It's not tangible. But you can change blocks in your subconscious mind through that. And so she and I started working together and I was, I basically apprenticed with her for like three years. Very, it was like untraditional. She just, she didn't really want to teach anymore, but um, she worked with me and I saw my life changing. Like my anxiety was kind of changing because of the yoga, but my life was changing because of this clearing the stuff in my subconscious mind. Your subconscious is just like a really freaking messy, I call it like a hoarder's house. You know, it's a hoarding house in there. There's so much stuff, especially if you've had any kind of childhood trauma, but just life in general, just we collect more and more junk in our subconscious. And once you start cleaning it out, whatever, there's a lot of different tools to do that. But I was using theta healing, like stuff starts to change because you're not believing, you're not living your life out of old patterns and belief systems that you picked up along the way. So I think about three years in, I got to the point where I was just like, I can't keep this secret anymore. This is strange. And so I just started kind of very loosely helping people. Like I would just tell people about it. And, uh, and then it just kind of grew from there. Oh, I love that. And that reminds me of, so your discussion of like conscious versus subconscious, if we go back to like the introduction where I talked about like meeting with you at the Empower Her gathering. And I remember you talking about conscious versus subconscious mind and how powerful your thoughts are because of that chain of like, I know I'm going to do this poorly. So I'm going to let you take this, but I know that there's a connection between like your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, and your actions. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So that I love that little sequence. Yeah. So your beliefs, like, but the thing is, the scary thing about beliefs is that a lot of times we're not conscious of what we believe, right? Mm-hmm. You And I tell people all the time, like I'm all about positive mantras and positive thinking. 
that's wonderful. But if we're not also doing some of the deeper subconscious work or shadow work or inner child work that some people know it to be, then it's like telling yourself, it's like, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. And your subconscious is like, uh, remember those 45,000 experiences where you were not enough. And so that's why I think people don't always see the results that they want with positive thinking and mindset work, although amazing in itself. So that's kind of my little caveat on that. But so a lot of our beliefs are unconscious because they were programmed there by our conditioning, how we were raised. So for myself, for example, you know, lots of emotional and verbal abuse. So I have a very, very strong rooted system in my belief system that I'm not good enough, that I'm doing it wrong. And like, obviously, as a business owner, that hinders things. So there's been a lot of work I've had to do um, as I intend to grow my business, um, that that stuff comes to the surface. Where was I going with that? Um, (laughs) And yeah, so back to our beliefs, back to the little formula. So a lot of our beliefs are unconscious, but sometimes we can begin to realize what those are. But it's just knowing that your beliefs lead to your emotions, your emotion, sorry, your beliefs lead to your thoughts, your thoughts lead to your emotions. So how you feel. So let's say, Um, And you can do it, you can, let me just give an example of like a triggering event. Let's say, because it's not like we're always thinking this, but what's a good example? What's something that's come up recently or with a client? I can't think of anything off the top of my head to give. Um, Like something that I've been unpacking a lot with this framework is like my money mindset and like Mm -hmm. how, even if it's something like really good that happens financially or with money as a business owner, like that still can kind of trigger some of those deep subconscious thoughts about like lack of money or scarcity. Like that it might go away. Yes. Like I know. Yes. I've run into that too. It's like a a chunk, a big chunk comes in and then it's like, you want to like expand with that, but then is more going to follow. So then you get Mm -hmm. kind of wordy with it. Is that about Mm -hmm. right? I've experienced that. So let's say, let's use a triggering event, even though that sounds funny, that getting a large sum of money or whatever sum of money might be triggering. So let's say the money comes in and all of a sudden it creates this belief. I don't think there's more coming. Mm-hmm. Like this was just a one one and done. This is just lucky. So that's the belief. I don't think there's more coming. I don't believe that there's more coming. For instance, that might be the belief. I don't believe in myself to create more. So then that's going to make you start thinking these thoughts like what more is not coming. Uh, That was just lucky. That's a one and done. And then that's going to make you feel how kind of not so great. Right. So it's like, oh, I have to. No, that would be the action. Sorry, We're getting there. The emotion would be feeling, you know, just kind of down, even though you should be celebrating, you're feeling almost a little depressed Mm because because of all those thoughts that you were just thinking because of the belief that just happened. And then finally that leads to the action. So the action you might take is, Oh gosh, I have to like hoard this money. I have to like protect this because I don't think more is coming back in. And hold on to it so tightly. Exactly. Yeah. So you get really constricted Mm -hmm. energetically. 
And that can happen in a variety of instances, personally, professionally, but it's that same process of like, you've got these deep seated beliefs in your brain and that causes thoughts and it's a chain reaction to the feelings and that influence the action. And I really found like, after hearing that from you, I was like, it almost like created this awareness that I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can totally see how this is happening all around me. And like, I'm causing these things to happen, maybe not intentionally, but because they're part of that subconscious system of me, like it's having a real time impact on how I'm showing up in life and how things are unfolding here. And I just like, as you were sharing that, And like, it seemed like I was starting to get all these other energy, like people in my world. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such like a hidden gem for a lot of people that can really like, it can be the barrier to that level of success that they're looking for, whether that's personally or professionally, or it can be that gateway that opens and then it just unlocks that next level. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge when you can connect all of that and begin to work through that because your belief system connects everything. And, you know, you can work through that basically on your own quite quickly, just being the first step is always bringing awareness to it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why am I feeling so bad right now? What was I just thinking? Well, where did those thoughts come from? Oh, I got that email from a client saying that they, you know, wanted a refund or something like that. And that made me feel like I wasn't good enough and I didn't do a good enough job or whatever the case may be. So you can start to trace it back based on how you feel Mm. or on actions. Like if you're, you know, wanting to zone out on Netflix all the time is what I tell people, you know, I just want to check out. I just, or you're procrastinating something that would be an action. Okay. Why do I want to procrastinate? Well, I don't feel very good. Well, what do I feel? I feel kind of depressed. I feel sad. Well, what was I just thinking while well, I was thinking about the client? Blah, 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 right. So that's a quick way to kind of do your own little process through it. I love that so much. And I think that now's a good time to start talking too about like your nervous system work that you work in now. So can you tell us what does that nervous system work look like? If there's, I, I'm honestly not very informed on this. So tell me a little bit about nervous system work and how does that add to the healing process of somebody who might have these triggers or these actions that they want to change? Mm. It's so hard to (laughs) some nervous system work requires some explanation and it's hard to sum it up in a short amount of time, but I would say how it applies to the action piece. So what is nervous system work to begin with? Obviously, we all have nervous systems and we have we have both the sympathetic nervous system and a parasympathetic. The parasympathetic is your rest and digest. That's your calm, relaxed state. Sympathetic is your activated state. So that's like fight or flight or also fawn. And I'll explain what that is in a second. So fight, it's like if there was a tiger in the corner of your room, obviously we need our fight or flight response to turn on. So we can either fight the tiger, which doesn't make a lot of sense, or run, right? Run up Mm -hmm. a tree, run and get out of there. Uh, Fawn is a newer added kind of um, stress response that I can't remember his name, forgive me, that 
created it. There's a whole book on it, complex from complex PTSD, which people like myself that have a lot of childhood trauma and unpredictable, they're now doing just tons of studies on this about um, chronic, it's called cuts, chronic, unpredictable, toxic stress. So that unpredictable piece is the most uh, poignant for people that grew up in really unpredictable environments like myself. I didn't know, you know, if my caregiver was going to be happy or sad or yelling or whatever. So it creates a lot of confusion because we're just trying to survive. And that's what your nervous system is there for. It's like literally for survival. So Molly, feel free to cut me off at any time if I'm going. Keep going. I'm in. I'm here. I'm listening. (laughs) There's a lot to talk about. I'm trying to give it the nuts and bolts. So your nervous system gets wired based on how you grew up in a lot of ways. So they're now showing, again, research shows that this cuts, this chronic, unpredictable, toxic stress, it literally starts to change a person's brain. So Mm. people like myself, you know, we're very prone to develop anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue. I just learned this. This is in a book called um, Childhood Disrupted. Sounds like a fun read. It's not really very fun. Light reading. <laughs> yeah, light, just another light read. Um, but I suffered from chronic fatigue for years. In fact, my doctor tried to put me on antidepressants and all these things, and it just didn't feel right. And then I was introduced into somatic work, which is part of the nervous system work. And it's literally changed my life because if you suffer from chronic fatigue, you know how debilitating that can be. And I remember my boyfriend being like, oh, I'm tired too. And I'm like, no, that's because you stayed up late last night. I'm like, I'm tired. Like this feels like no motivation. Like, like Aaron has left the room. It just feels like you're a walking shell when it's really Mm. bad. It's terrible. And People with uh, CPTSD are six times more likely to have chronic fatigue and autoimmune disorders than those that didn't have that growing up. Wow. Wow. So yeah, that's just kind of a little sidetrack there. So let's go back to CPTSD and the the fourth um, response, stress response, which is fawn. So that looks like people pleasing. That looks like not wanting to get into conflicts with people, oh, not trying okay. to rock the boat because in some way, so some of us, I meet a lot of women who are like, I didn't have trauma as a child. And like, I'm here to help normalize trauma, trauma. We all have trauma. It's a spectrum. And especially after the pandemic, that was a big T trauma event that we all just lived through. And so Everybody's got trauma at this point. And probably everybody has some trauma from childhood. I don't think anybody gets through childhood unscathed because it's just like life happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, I always tell people, like, your brother may have fallen in the other room and, like, was all scratched up, and your mom went to go be with him. And meanwhile, you're in the other room crying because nobody's coming to get you. And, like, just in that little moment, you decided I'm not good enough. My brother's more important than me. It's like, that's all it takes as a child. Mm. So, um, cause I can hear people going, I didn't have childhood trauma, but I'm still like people pleasing. Well, it's because something in you wired that as a stress response that like, if I do all the things for my parents, then I get love, then I get attention. And so that helps 
wire that into your system and it becomes like your stress response so that when you feel stressed, when you get activated, you actually go do the people pleasing kind of a thing. So there's again, so much to say. And then the last is freeze. And that's obviously like playing dead. It's um, avoidance. It can also look like procrastination. So that's coming into those actions that we talked about, the beliefs, thoughts, or emotion, action. So anxiety is the fight flight response. Depression, procrastination, checking out, scrolling on Instagram, zoning out to Netflix, that would be more of a freeze or avoidant response. And it's just how you've trained yourself not your fault, by the way, not your fault, because of whatever Mm -hmm. happened to you, it's how your body is trained to deal with stress. So I can go very activated, I can go very quickly into anxiety and people with CPTSD, it's, it's harder to come out of those activated states, which means most of us are living in dysregulated nervous systems, which just means you're out of equilibrium with how you're supposed to be functioning. Oh, this is so fascinating. Like I could yeah. listen to this. I could listen to this forever. And I'm like, there's little words in there that I'm like, oh yeah, I know I learned that in anatomy like years ago or whatever, but there's Thanks. so many layers to being human that we bury deep, deep down because we just want to be like cool, calm and collected, but it takes yeah. that unpacking and the work that you're talking about through nervous system healing, like for us to live at like full lives or in like your terminology, like living those free lives. Like we have to unpack some of these things and some of our natural responses, like we can alter those if we put in like first we're aware, like you said, and then we can put in some time into unpacking why we do that so that we can heal that and like create different response. Yeah. And I really, truly believe Molly that you know, like just in my own work, because I've been so focused on energy and mindset for so long and yoga that like, this was like the missing piece of my puzzle. Because again, I had done all the mindset work, all the energy healing, all the yoga, yet I still had chronic fatigue, autoimmune disorder with a thyroid issue. My hormones were imbalanced. I wasn't sleeping at night and none of it made sense because I eat healthy. I work out like it didn't make sense. And once I found the somatic work that helps heal nervous system dysregulation, it's like everything just, it was like the sky opened up and, you know, the angels just started singing, you know, it just, you're seeing everything different completely. In fact, I made an Instagram reel about this where it was like, I had a little image of an ice cube melting because that's what it felt like. I was meditating during this time that I was really diving in for my own personal journey on this. And it felt like I was like in an ice cube. Like I was in the middle like of a big full bodied ice cube. So I could see myself, but there was all these layers and they started melting. And then I got to me, but I've been living through all of those films and those layers of protection that my nervous system created to protect me. And it was a really powerful image. That, yes, I was just going to say that imagery is very stark. Like what a beautiful way to describe it for those of us who are visual. Like that's fantastic. So some of the signals that you said the body might be giving, if you have some of these like 
indications that maybe nervous system work could benefit you. You said are like chronic fatigue, um, like, sorry, I'm, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. What Can you remind us what some of those symptoms are? No, you're good. Well, it's interesting that anxiety is a symptom. Mm. So, you know, the holistic psychologist, if you know about her on Instagram, she says that nearly all mental health disorders are just symptoms of nervous system dysregulation, all mental health. And I think that's really profound if the, you know, the psychology world starts opening up to, instead of just diagnosing and labeling people with things that maybe we start looking at like lifting the rug and looking at what's underneath all of this stuff, instead of just like slapping labels. Um, Maybe you're not depressed. Maybe you just are stuck in a freeze response. Right. So actually depression is, is a symptom anxiety, but like I said, even little things like procrastination or people pleasing, it's like basically all of the things that we kind of struggle with can be categorized into the different trauma response states of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Uh, yeah. But like, if you have chronic issues, if you're that person, like I am, was working out of being that went to the doctor because I was so tired. And then, okay, your thyroid is low. They put me on thyroid medication. They checked my blood again. Everything was great. My levels were perfect, but I still felt like complete crap. And nobody can figure out what's wrong with you. If that's you, I would really start looking into some nervous system healing, some somatic work, uh, those types of things, because that could be a key that you're missing in all the things you might be doing. Oh, that's so powerful. So let's say somebody comes to you and they're like, I think that I might need some of this help. How do you begin that process of unpacking that person's story? So, you know, the healing measures they need to take. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I used to do work just working like one-off sessions with people. And I really, I don't feel that is good for me anymore (laughs) for certain things maybe, but in this work uh, in particular, like if people really want to have deep transformations, you know, a minimum of three months and starting with, you know, the first session at least is going to be just getting that backstory. And then of course that'll evolve more as we go on. Um, And then just, you know, providing lots of tools to people to use, like doing some practices during the session, but also providing what I call soul work. We don't do homework. We do soul work (laughs) after the sessions for the person to do in between. And then, you know, I I do have a, a program I created called the Nervous System Reset that is really a good place for people to start or do in combination with like. Um, some one-on-one sessions. Oh, I love that you have those different formats. And I know that another big part of your business too, is the opportunity to bring people along for these transformational retreats. So can you tell us a little bit about what these retreat experiences, maybe take us back to like, when did you start thinking that this might be something you wanted to guide people in? And then what happens on these retreats? Hmm. I just shared this story recently. Um, I just did a retreat in Ireland for a week and it was amazing, but I shared with them 
that I think my first retreat that I ever went on was in, for me personally, before I was even a yoga teacher, I think, was like 2008. And I went to Bali for the first time. And I remember the teacher and I remember thinking, wow, that would be so cool to be a yoga teacher and like travel and do that, you know, and just lead people through this stuff. I was like, but in my head, literally at the same time, I was like, but I could never do that. That subconscious was kicking in. Subconscious kicking in, but also just the stories we tell ourselves, right? Like even other business owners that might be listening, like what are the things you're being like, yeah, that would be nice, but I could never do that. I think it's just important to look at those things because there's a reason you have that desire. And then the, I think I finally got around to doing my first retreat in maybe 2014 in Topanga, California. I was living in California at the time. And that was really hard. Retreats are really hard. I'm not going to lie. They're a lot more work. They look really cool and fun. And they are. It's amazing to be able to travel. But I don't always think people realize all the work that goes into it. And I'm not poo-pooing it. If anybody is interested in doing that, please do. It's, there's nothing better than being able to be whether you're doing one, like to take yourself out of your comfort zone and be in a new place, learning, you know, new tools, nervous system work, somatic work. You know, I did a cacao ceremony at my last retreat, just lots of really deep, profound work and not being able to like get stuck in your little routines. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like cleaning the house and all that stuff. I mean, we know what it's like when we go on vacation. It's lovely but then add like all the personal work, growth work that happens in that amount of time. It's really profound for people. Oh, and I imagine, and talking about energy and nervous system, like as a retreat leader, like you have all of that additional pressure. I would, I feel like for me, like I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I would be like, my energy would be like up here, like super excited. And then at like five o'clock, I'd be like, okay, guys, I have to go take a six hour nap and then I'll meet you for dinner. And then I'm going to go to bed for the night. Like I would be, I, I just can't imagine. Yeah. It's, I always forget how much energy it takes. And I think even just leading, I just led a weekend retreat at the end of September here in Iowa. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll just give myself like a day off. I needed three days off after that because you're holding space for people. And especially with doing deeper work or just any work that you're going to do, you're holding space for people to process through their stuff and they're coming to you with questions and you have to be on. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of being on a lot of energy. So it was a lesson to me that like give myself as much time as I need afterwards, because that's, that's big work that, we're doing. We're all doing big work here. I think mm. not just yeah, not just retreat leaders. <laughs> We're all doing big work. Oh, I think so too. And I know that early 23, you've got a retreat coming up, correct? Yes. Yeah. In Bali. So I this will be my fourth retreat in Bali. Uh my seventh time going to Bali. It's on the other side of the world, uh, which is a little crazy, but it's just very special place to me. And uh, every time I go, I just come back a different person. It's just, it's, it's all about the energy of that place. It's very sacred. I mean, the women there make uh, 
they're Hindu, so it's a different culture, right? But they they make these offerings that they give uh, several times a day with prayer and gratitude. And imagine everybody living on an island multiple times a day, having gratitude and prayer for the land and just thinking of what that would do collectively. That's kind of what you experience when you go there. You experience the feeling of like, I don't know, just sacredness and magic and healing. It's amazing. I tell people what I do is just a little bit there, like just show up and you'll like, you'll feel it. Like, I don't really have to do a lot of work in Bali because it's just, you it's just show there. Up, there. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I was going to ask you, like, I feel that there's a lot of people who do this like deep work that choose to go to Bali, or I feel like there's a lot of people drawn to places like Costa Rica and like, um, Sedona, Arizona. I feel like I hear a lot of energy work people in the, in that field, those three spaces in particular. So I was going to ask you, is there like something to this? Is there like an energy around certain places sometimes that can draw people in and like amplify the experience? Oof, such a good question. 150% yes. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Costa Rica. I did one of my first international retreat I did in Costa Rica and it's also has a really amazing energy, um, more masculine. Bali is very feminine. When I go to Bali, I don't know what it is. It's just like, I just want to like wear goddessy clothes and like, it's just very free flowing and you're fair. It's very feminine. It really kind of taps you into your own and everybody has feminine and masculine energy, even men. So it really taps you into your own femininity and I personally, and I've heard from other people too, have found that Costa Rica feels more masculine. So it's a little more raw. It's a little more, it's wild there. Like there's animals, there's all kinds of animals and um, it just feels very raw and like, I don't know, primal. (laughs) Oh, I like that word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of masculine and feminine energy. And this is something that like, I can even like personally attest to and listeners of the podcast who are like regular, they, they know they've been along for the journey this year, but like early this in 2022, I'd say I had a wall up and I was like, yeah, I know about mindset. I know about like the importance of gratitude practice, things like that. But this year in particular is when I started learning about human design, masculine versus feminine energy and how we have both. Um, I learned more about manifestation and like how it's not this woo woo thing. It's like, it's a practice. And like, it's just so interesting how all of this intersects and how in our culture currently, we kind of have these walls built up and say like, this is okay. This is a little bit. And I say this year, I really brought that wall down for myself personally. And I'm like, no, there's so much power in being able to like understand and bring in some of these practices into your own life. Because I mean, there's only been positive that I can say for myself by being more self-aware about this energy work and using channeling it more for like how to help me get through some of these things rather than just saying, I'm not going there and like pushing it away. I love that Molly. Yeah. Thank you for knocking those walls down. (laughs) Because you'll open, you know, and then bringing somebody like me on because it, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I was that way too, right? Just much, you know, a long time ago, I just was like, 
what is this stuff? This is weird. I don't like yoga. All of this stuff is, doesn't make sense to me, but I started to see how it affected my life. And I was like, this is powerful. And then, you know, I think as business owners, the more we can like open up to our feminine and masculine and knowing when we're working in which one. And look, if you're at the very basis of all this stuff, if you feel out of alignment or you have some sort of dis-ease in your body or illness, it's because of an imbalance. And in my world, all imbalances start between your two ears, right? Mm. It's what you're thinking about that creates issues in your physical body. and and in your life, right? It all, and you know, we can get upset by that and say, well, it's not my fault that I created this, whatever. And nobody's here to blame anyone. But I think when you can take your power back and go, maybe I did create this and I have the power to change it with changing my thoughts, doing the mindset work, working on my energy, working with my nervous system or whatever it might be. It's really empowering too. Mm. I love that working with all of these things together. Oh, yeah. That's so great. Um, okay. I did want to sneak in. I know we're getting close on time, but I did want to sneak in a little talk about manifestation because that is what I know that like um, I talked, this is what you presented on at empower her. And you said, this is something I used to talk about more frequently. Um, but I do think that it's like something that a lot of people have these like preconceived notions about, and it's, a lot of times I find that that is misaligned and what the preconceived notions are. And I thought the way you explained it in that session really is part of what opened me up to saying, I want to know more. So can you tell us just like, and it doesn't have to be super big, like, but just tell us a little bit about like, what is manifestation and like, maybe unpack a little bit of that. Yeah. Thank you, Molly. Thanks for bringing it up. I'm glad you added it into the questions because yeah, it's something I talked about a lot. I think I went, it used to be where I just stayed. And then I was like, am I spiritually bypassing some stuff? So I kind of went into the shadows, did the shadow work. And now coming out of some really deep personal healing I've done over the last year, year and a half, uh, really going to depths I thought I had went to, but like, this was a whole new level. I can now say that like, you manifest way better when you've worked through your stuff, right? Because mm. otherwise that subconscious stuff is getting in the way back to the beginning of the conversation. But to help the misalignment around manifestation, um, manifestation is simply just we create what we think about. And whenever I ask this question, when I teach a workshop, I go, raise your hand if you can see something that's happened in your life negatively was because you were like thinking about it a lot and everybody will raise their hand, even people that are like skeptical because they can see that like, I was worried, 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 worried about something. And then it happened. Or I hear all the time, my worst fear is this. And then it ends up happening mm -hmm. because how much energy unconsciously and consciously are you giving your fear? So really that's all manifestation is, is that we create from an idea into reality. And then basic psychology kind of says the same thing. So this is where I get the skeptics. What it says, basic psychology says, you will get more of whatever you focus on, period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's because of that little part of our brain called the reticular activating system or RAS for short. 
that literally filters out the stuff you don't need because there's like billions of information that your brain takes in in every second, like billions. So obviously your brain has to go, what's important to her and what's not. And so whatever you're focusing on, your brain goes, this is important. So let's, let's find more of that information and filter out the rest. So it's kind of like walking around with blinders on, like you just Mm -hmm. see certain things. So for instance, if I'm constantly worried about money, I was just having a conversation with a friend about this. Her husband is very worried, you know, constantly worried about money. And he's trying to, because he's trying to like build wealth for their retirement, but like being very constrictive in the now, which is a great goal. But again, the hoarding, the constriction, it's like, I can't allow more in when I'm in a constricted state. I have to give and receive, give and receive. It's a flow. I have mm-hmm. to stay like this. I don't have to be so open that I'm letting it all go, but I have to remain open to to let some go. And she was like, yeah, I wanted to get a new couch. And then all of a sudden the washer broke. The car had an issue with the brakes. And then something else, uh, the dishwasher had an issue. And I just looked at her and I just said, well, as long as he's worried about or fearful about money, those kinds of issues are going to keep happening because we are conjuring up all of that in our mind all the time. I'm so worried about money. Anyway, I could go on forever, but as I'm saying that I can see where that can get, people can go, well, how does that relate to, you know, that could still be kind of magical thinking, but Molly, what are your thoughts as I say that? I don't know. I got a little, I think I know I was hearing people's, I think that like, there's an element of magic in our lives every day anyway. Like, I mean, I just think that like, if you close your mind to that, then you're missing out on so much of the human experience. And I can totally attest to like feeling when I like am holding on to money super tight. Like there was a time this past summer, like I was like very worried about money and thinking about like, where am I, like, how are my programs going? And like the inflation and all that. And like in the midst of all that, like our house got struck by lightning and we lost a whole bunch of like appliances and electronics. And then um, some other bill came in and then I was like, oh my gosh, I think part of it is like how I am thinking about this, how I am manifesting things. And I have to be more intentional with my thought process, how I'm approaching my practices financially, or, and this could be applied to anything, health and wellness, like working out, things right. like that. It have to just be money. Yeah. Right. But I do think that like what you focus on, where you spend your attention, just like where you spend your time or spend your money, like that is going to perpetuate more of that or it's going to perpetuate less. So I think manifestation is just like a natural part of life. And I do think there's an element of magic too. Thank you. That was beautifully said. Yeah, it is. It's just an element of life. It's just where are we putting our attention? Because that's, you're going to make that grow. I mean, that's just anything. Like wherever mm-hmm. you put your attention, you send all of your energy to that. And so just being really mindful when you catch it, always the first step is awareness. When you catch it, to turn those thoughts around in some way, you know, whether it's you need to journal stuff out like journal out your fears or whether it's, I need to just sit and write positive mantras, but some way to, to help your mind not go towards the negative all the time. 
And it's just a habit. So habits can be changed, but you've probably created that habit of worrying or stressing about a certain area of your life. We always say like, what area of life feels most stressful? That's where you've got subconscious beliefs that are not serving you. So just focus on that area and work on those beliefs, which lead work on the thoughts to the emotions to the actions. So we, you know, that applies with manifesting too. Oh, I think this is such a timely conversation too, knowing that this episode is coming out as we're transitioning from one year to a new year, which is a time when a lot of people are evaluating how things went, setting goals for how things are going to be. And I love the discussion about starting here with that awareness, because sometimes we can set these lofty goals and think by just changing our actions that that's going to get us there. When Mm -hmm. in actuality, we got to go a little deeper and we need to like unpack some of that deep level stuff if we want to see the level of success or the level of change that we aspire to. So I think this is such a timely message. Yes. I mean, I could go on forever, but. I know. And I could too, but let's. Let's tell people a little bit about like where they can find you. So where online can they connect if they wanted to learn more about some of your nervous system opportunities, if they want to just connect with you and be able to follow along, how can they find you, Erin? Yeah, Instagram. I hang out at Instagram a lot at purelight underscore healing, Facebook at purelight healing, and then also TikTok at purelight healing. And then my website is purelightwellness.com. It will soon be pure light healing as well, but we're working. We're get, we're working our way there. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yes. And we will make sure to link to all of those in the show notes. So it's just a click away for any of our listeners. Erin, we end every episode with a few off the cuff questions that I don't okay. send for prep. And these don't necessarily apply to life or business um, in the way that maybe your industry or your field of scope study does, but it's just like things I just want to know. So are you in for a couple of those small talk questions? I love that. Yay. Okay. Question number one, is there like a book or a podcast that you're like, this is revolutionary and I think everybody needs to be aware of it? All right. What popped in my head um, just along the nervous system lines is the body keeps the score. Mm. I kept thinking, okay. I kept thinking about that phrase. Like while you were talking about some of these things, I'm like, the body keeps the score, but okay. I didn't know there was a book about it, but go on. Sorry. Oh, you just had that phrase in your head. Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. There's literally a book called the body keeps the score and it's about how your biology, you know, affects your, I'm just trying to see if I had it and I can't remember the guy's name, but just Google that and you'll find it. Um, what else? I'm trying to think what else. I always draw a blank at books. Um, and what podcast do I listen to? We can just leave it at that book. That's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. No question. Number two, where in like all of your retreat experiences to travel, where was like the best place that you were like, this was so transforming, transformative. I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that's hard too. Uh, mm. I want to say Bali, but I already kind of, I would say Ireland because I just went there um, and I'd never taken a retreat there. My first time that I went was in 2016 and by myself. And 
I just knew I wanted to bring people back. There's some really sacred sites there that, uh, you know, it's ancient. Ireland is very ancient culture and land. And um, I was blown away by what transpired on the retreat. You know, you don't know when you've never done something before what's going to happen. And it was just, it's just, yeah, beautiful, Mm. beautiful place. (laughs) I love that. Okay. One more question. Okay. Let's say that you are like sitting down to, let's say, work at your desk. What are going to be like the two or three things that you always have within arm's reach of you? Oh, love that question. Definitely water, sticky notes, and some sort of essential oil. So right now it's Ooh. lavender to help with anxiety or activated states. I would say those three. No, I'm going to take water out because I'm surrounded by crystals. You can't see it right now, but I have all the crystals around me. Oh, okay. So I, there's a place here in Cascade that she's been, uh, like spa for a while and she just went into a new location and she kind of expanded her retail offers. So I got two crystals last time I was there and I'm like, I need to, but I forgot what they were called. And I'm like, I need to, I'm going then tomorrow. So I need to like get the name again. But I'm like, I know I bought them for a reason, but this one's like super pretty. I love like, that one. Mm, I can't, I know. I'm like, I should have written it down, but I'm going to check tomorrow. So anyway. Perfect. Yeah. I love they, that. They really, for me, they kind of connect me to my inner child, like my younger self. I always love being outside and collecting little things. So in a way it's kind of, you know, playful like that, but obviously they all have very significant meanings like this one this quartz is really special to me. And a lot of times when I'm working with people, I'll just hold it as just kind of like, it just keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused on the person. Um, Yeah. They all have healing properties though. Ooh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, Erin, thank you so much for your time today. This was so much fun. And I love talking about all of this. So this was so great for me. <laughs> I hope the listeners liked it too, but this was great for me. <laughs> yeah, I hope people like it. Uh, I had so much fun. It, this is just a very energizing conversation and I love your energy. So I just thank you for bringing me on. Thank you. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.